Hey, everybody out there in podcast land, welcome, welcome, welcome to the latest edition of Sports Frenzy 2.0. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height. We are taping on the 14th of July, 2021. This will hit on the 15th. Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, CastBox. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page for NASCAR and football picks. And do not forget to rank us the highest you possibly can. Give us some feedback. Give us Leave some Leave us love. a message. We'll communicate with you. All right. This is one of the slowest times of the year in sports outside of mid-February. Yes. But we yes, do have is. baseball news because the All-Star game was last night. Uh, it was painful to watch. See, and this is the problem is that... I used to be, when I was younger, when I was a kid, I know, get off my lawn, old man! When I was a kid, this was an exciting game. This was something I looked forward to. And this was even when it it didn't matter. I've been one of the people that said I liked it when they... When it mattered? They made the home field advantage for the World Series tied into this. That made it more interesting but it used to be these guys played for league pride. They played hard. You could tell they played hard. And that's what made the game exciting and involving. Yeah. Now it's, eh, we'll just go out. We're going to have fun. We're going to mess around with each other on each side. We're going to mic up and talk to the damn announcers in the middle of the innings during play. Sorry, that's fine for the position players, but it's completely freaking stupid when they were trying to talk to Nelson Cruz as he's walking up to the plate. As he's trying to focus on what he's doing, they're yammering in his ear, even when he's settling in and he swings at the first pitch and grounds out. Yeah, I. this will tell you how little I cared. I watched five minutes of the Home Run Derby and zero minutes of the game last night. Yeah. See, I didn't watch the Home Run Derby because it doesn't do anything for me anymore. And then the other thing, mic'd up. They had Liam Hendricks mic'd up. From the White Sox. From the White Sox. He's out there on the mound to close, and they're trying to talk to him as he's looking in to get the first pitch. And they're still trying to talk to him through his third pitch and – you know, throws the third ball to the first batter, and when he screams, damn it, that the mic picks up, oh, well, I guess we'll just need to leave him alone to focus on his job right now. You don't mess with the pitcher when he's on the mound, you morons. Yeah, I did not realize they were they were going that far in terms of trying to... Oh, yeah, they were talking to the guys during the pitches. Jesus Christ. When they're out in the field. <laughs> I mean, come on. These guys are out there trying to focus on what the hell they're doing. You're damn lucky a ball wasn't hit to anybody during that shit. And Well, it, but this is what the media has become. And we'll talk about the SRX racing in our next segment. But they have been trying to get a hold of guys in the middle of the races in SRX when they're trying to pass yeah. guys. So they are trying. The media is trying to get more and more intrusive. And, and they get right don't into the middle of the action. In the middle of the action, I agree completely. And God, especially, I know again, I did not watch last night. Um, 
I was watching a fine movie that you let me borrow, which we'll talk <laughs> about on the weekend edition. Um, again, I would have I would have been eating this up 25 years ago like cake, you know. And I just five minutes total invested between Monday and Tuesday. That tells you how little I care about this. Yeah, and, and then the uniforms and, were a freaking joke. Well, yeah, we we heard that ever since they introduced them. Oh my them. god, those things are hideous as hell. I don't think those are coming back next year. And right? this this ended up being this whole All Star break ended up being a a uh, a rant, a diatribe against Rob Manfred because he has botched over the last few years managing baseball worse than any commissioner in any major sport in a long, long time. Now, of course, he did walk back. The seven-inning doubleheaders, he says, will probably be gone after this year. Yep. And the second-base runner to start extra innings will be, will gone. be gone. So thank God for that. And the and Universal DH on. will probably go back into play for good. That needs to happen. And they're working on banning the shift requiring that the infielders two on each side of second base and they need to be in the dirt. And I know there's going to be traditionalists who are going to get mad about it. And I understand it. It seems like an overreach because on the surface, you want to say, why can't they play their, their defensemen? In this case, I look at it as defensemen. Why can't they play their the their fielders the way, the way they want? But there are rules in every – and we've talked about this. There are rules in every sport that limit what the offense or what the defense can do in order to make the game more competitive. So if it comes down to the fact that they are going to force teams to have two infielders on one side, two infielders on the other, and keep the infielders off the outfield grass, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm good fine with, with that. It. It's going to liven things up a hell of a lot more. Right. And, and we don't have to worry about changing the ball. We don't have to worry about all these stupid things that Manfred's been trying to do, worrying about spider tack and all that crap. This is On that note, since they've cracked down on it, league batting average has risen 10 points <laughs> and on base percentage has gone up 30. Doesn't shock me a bit. Doesn't shock me a bit. And you've seen inconsistencies among the league's best pitchers. Garrett Cole has been good sometimes, bad sometimes, great other times. Um, so we'll see, you know, how this all works out in the long run. I think the, the, the best way to have handled this would have been to do the thing with the shift right away. I think if you just implemented yes. two infielders on either side of second base, they can't be on the outfield grass. I don't even think this whole sticky substance would have thing come would have come play. into play because your your numbers would have risen because of the fact your your batters would have been able to hit the ball like they want to and not yeah. have to worry about, oh, if I want to pull the ball, well, that's not going to work because there's three infielders right there on the side of the infield where I pull the ball to. And I know the pitcher is going to throw me there. Right. Throw inside, so yep. I pull it. So it's, yeah, it's one of those where the metrics of everything are almost ruining the game. You mean the geeks? 
upstairs. Yeah, the stats geeks are ruining the game. The metrics, yeah, the yeah, I'm sick of it. I am so sick of the whole let's invent a new stat this year so we can we can throw this out there so this guy looks better than he really is or this guy looks worse than he really is. And I like the old school stats. Okay? I think this all started with wins for pitchers. And you and I might disagree on this. I don't know. I got tired of the fact that everybody started saying wins for pitchers don't matter. They do matter. It, it, went, back, because... it went back to remember when Felix Hernandez, King Felix, won the Cy Young, and he only had, what, seven or eight wins that year? Yeah, But, yes, he had team. a great ERA. He had a great whip, which whip is probably the last stat I ever won. That was it. That was my cutoff point. After that, I was like, I don't want to hear about exit velocity. I don't want to hear launch angle. Right. But they decided when Felix Hernandez won the AL Cy Young that year, which was probably now going on, what, 12, 13 years ago? Oh, at least. They said wins don't matter, and I hate that. Well, you know why they don't matter anymore, for starters. It's because they baby them, and you they barely get, get them into innings. the fifth. You're lucky if they get into the fifth or sixth inning to qualify for the win. Right. Right. So, I don't know how to fix baseball. Rob Manfred doesn't know how to fix baseball. It might be a lost cause. I'm sorry. I will still take baseball any day of the week over basketball. I think the NBA is a train wreck. But somehow, some yeah. way, they are still attracting younger viewers because they, they these kids still like LeBron, like Damian Lillard, and I can't stand them because they're selfish babies. Yeah, and, how, you know, it's sad that Manfred is making that Max Schenker, Nasratu look and Adam Silver <laughs> look like a genius. Yeah, yeah. and we agree. Adam Silver is a terrible commissioner He's in his own right. Good. In his own right. And I, I've said this and I've said this. I am on an island. I still think Roger Goodell has been able to steer the NFL in the right direction. I am not that's a why fan of Roger Goodell, but he is not the best. Yours. He is the best of the four. Of the four. Yeah. He, he, he was given the goose with the golden egg. And he has not killed the goose. No, is he is basically not. what he's done. He he's fat. He he's weathered the storm. Had a lot of problems with the discipline back with the Ray Rice stuff, which I think was the low point. Yeah. Of his commissionership. But compared to these other, you can talk about Batman more than I can. But I can tell you, Adam Silver and Rob Manfred are just morons. They are just Batman has his issues, but he is still trying to do what's best for the game. Like when he said, all right, we're blowing it up. Try to even things back out again when you back out the huge economic disparity. Yeah. Yeah. And it worked. They might be getting close to having to do that again, but we'll have to see. All right. So hopefully Hopefully, man. What were we talking about? Yeah, I know. But <laughs> but again, we we mentioned it's a slow it's a, it's slow, a slow sports, sports week, week so, so it's this is a good time to talk about comparing the four commissioners and who is less of a dumbass than the other ones. Yes, and um, Manfred's right at the bottom. But yeah, basically, what we're hoping for is that these rule changes 
uh, go away. These COVID rule changes go away. We'll take the universal DH. That's fine. That'll make the game more exciting. If they decide to outlaw the shift, I can I live with that too. Would be so that happy would with be that. A, a big step with all those changes and or in, institute the fifteen second pitch clock. Well, and that's one of the things I heard too is that now they're they're thinking about backtracking on the uh, three batter minimum, which I actually like, where so a pitcher has to. You face have to at face, least three, three yes, batters. I like that because that speeds things along. I have not noticed that messing the game up at all. No, but you need a pitch clock. Some of these guys the game are up, yes. ridiculous. Oh, my God. Get the ball. Get your sign. Throw the ball. Quit walking around the mound talking to yourself. You're probably going to wind up pitching better if you're not thinking. I agree. I completely agree. And I say the same thing with the batters. Yeah. Don't let the batters keep stepping out and readjusting. We And, again, this is something we've harped on and harped on. But, again, the Conquistador and I are two old-school baseball fans, so I think we're coming from a point of knowledge with all this stuff. I lived with Nomar Garcia-Para with the Cubs, and, and he was the worst. And I will say batters do – Take a step out real quick. Too many quick. idiosyncrasies. Too many. You don't need to be going through that. All you have to do is take a step out, take a breath, readjust the grip, and then get right back in. You don't have to readjust your cup four or five times. You don't have to right. readjust your batting gloves. Right. Right. Just take a moment, catch your breath, think a moment, what are they going to throw me, and then get ready to go. Right. So it's on all sides. Pitcher, batter, they all need to, to and tighten And the batters it up a will bit. tighten it up once the pitchers do because they're not going to stand there ready to go if the, the entire time if the pitchers turn around and throw around. real quick. Right. So there you go. That's the state of the game according to Sports Frenzy. Now. Your once a year right. diatribe rant about where baseball needs to get better here at the unofficial official halfway point. And, of course, we'll recap all of this and give you more at the end of the season and then as spring training breaks. <laughs> all right, let's talk about the draft. We rarely talk about the baseball draft because it's not as exciting it's as not, football, basketball. That's why I didn't basketball. pay any attention to it. All I know is the Sox picked up a high school shortstop. Colson Montgomery was the White Sox pick at number 22 in the first round, shortstop from Southridge High School here in Indiana. Yep, and by all accounts, he was kind of high on a lot of people's lists, but he wasn't going to be worth the money up higher in the first round because unlike the other sports, baseball has a pool of money that they have to spend, and once they spend it, they're basically out. Right, right. And you and I were talking recently about draft picks and how baseball it, 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 you don't trade for draft picks like you can in football or basketball but you can trade for pool money i right. believe it, at least international pool money yes so it's, it's very interesting very, very odd very weird but very interesting so. now the cubs drafted one pick before the white Sox. at 21 the cubs drafted Left-handed starting pitcher Jordan Wicks from Kansas State. And, again, by all accounts, great pick. 
They yeah. said he was the best left-handed pitcher out there. Could be actually fighting for a rotation spot by the end of 2022. Can't That's, ask for more than that. that especially indeed. since the Cubs are going to be a train wreck next year. Yes, they are. Now, you've got some big names drafted at the top of the board. I didn't care. I didn't care about about lighters, kid. No, no. The Vanderbilt pitchers. I know the other Vanderbilt pitcher went ten to the Mets. Yeah, eh. Uh, I. This is why I'm saying it's not like the NFL or the NBA draft where if you get that one, two, three pick, it you've got the potential superstar in the making. And the odds are better than not that that's what's going to happen. Right. In baseball. Baseball, you're looking two, three, five years down the road. Yeah. For most of these guys. Right. And, and it's more often than not that third, fourth, fifth round pick in baseball is going to be able to make it to the majors depending on work ethic. Yeah. How smart they are, how quickly they pick up the game. Or when you get lucky like the Sox did with Burley picking him in the last round right. of the draft. That's what I'm saying. Year, and yeah, I know what happens in football and basketball too, especially football. You know, everybody's going to look back at Tom Brady and say, oh, you know, late round pick, look, the greatest of all time. That's scouting, you know, yeah. that's coaching. And it's work ethic. In baseball, in baseball, I think that's even more important because you're going to have him – this player, fourth, fifth, sixth round pick, wherever he might have been selected, he's going to have to go through double A, single A, triple A, three different managers, three different coaches. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's going to have a whole bunch of different years, pitching coaches, three different pitching coaches um, yapping at him, telling him how to do this, how to do that. So they might actually give him contradictory advice. Which is a horrible way to run your organization because everybody should be preaching the same damn thing. Which, of course, again, in basketball and football, you go straight to the big leagues. You've got one manager, one head coach telling you how to do things, and you either succeed or you fail based on that. Now, again, you you could fail miserably in the luck of the draw and get a terrible head coach or a terrible... Manager yeah. or, or you a terror, yeah. You could be organization could be crap. Unfortunate player who winds up going through four coaches in four years. Right. Look at Sam Darnold with the Jets. You know, look at look at that guy. You and I both agreed that he was not worthy of getting picked where he did. No, we did not like him at the time. I guess we're going to toot our own horn because Dave and I both knew that Sam Darnold was not worthy. He was picked where he way was. overhyped but, out of USC. But that being said, getting stuck with Adam Gase it, after Todd Bowles. It was that's not a, a good situation. Worst case scenario for a young quarterback. Absolutely. And, and that's what scares me about, and I'm diverting over to football. <laughs> Bear with me. Justin Fields with the Bears. You know damn well he's going to be on two coaches in two years. Yeah. Come 2022. That's why I mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah, you know damn well Matt Nagy is not going to be the Bears head coach in 2022. So Fields is going to have to deal with his coaching staff in 21. Complete switch over. And then 2020. I hate to say it. We're going to have to hope that Andy Dalton can be Alex Smith. For a year? Like Alex Smith was to... 
Pat Mahomes. Yeah. Although That's... Andy Reid was there, and <laughs> Matt Nagy is not Andy Reid. But anyway, we still got some baseball stuff to cover. We did not even talk about the actual result of the All-Star game. No. 5-2 American League win. Which eight, eight years now, eight straight, eight straight now, and that's the way the All Star Game is always kind of banned. They get on the National League had a huge run. Was it like twenty yeah, back in the eighties and the nineties? They just had a massive seventies, eighties, yeah, had that big run, and then it was mid eighties where the AL broke through um, and went on a run and home run derby. Pete Alonso wins for the second straight year. Sounded yeah. a little got he was getting a little arrogant there. I am the best power hitter on the planet. Yeah, okay. Let, why don't you get your team to the World Series first before you start talking like that, yeah. okay? Yeah, it's it, it's easy to turn and burn on what you know is coming there. And Shohei Otani got the win as a pitcher. He did. Didn't do much start. as a hitter the whole all-star game extravaganza. Yeah. He was out in the first round in the home run derby. He was 0 for 2 in the All-Star game, but still, just an unbelievable year he's putting together. Because this right, kid is phenomenal. Right before the All-Star break, that's key, kids. Right, right before, before the, the All-Star break, he broke the record for most home runs in a season by a Japanese-born player. He got his 32nd. I think he's actually got 33 now. Yeah. But when he hit his 32nd, he topped Hideki Matsui with 31 at the All-Star break. And we're talking about the record for the entire year. And he's already broken it at the All-Star break. And he pitches. Yeah. This is the greatest baseball player that you're seeing right now. Enjoy it. This guy could play almost any position in the field as well if they would let him. But they can't risk him. Yeah, as I think the they're pitcher. trying to protect him because he's been a, a, a bit fragile. Yeah, because they had him at first base for a while too. Right, trying to be the everyday player. Right, and that's what I'm hoping. And, and there's been talk, and we'll get to Stephen A. Smith here later on. Um, there's been talk about why he's not as popular as he should be. Um, well, number one, it's because it's a West Coast team. Right. Nobody can see them. They start at 10 o'clock at night here in the Midwest and on the East Coast. So we can't stay up till 1 in the morning to watch a full Angels game if they're on TV, and it's only going to be on ESPN or MLB Network. Exactly. If and, they happen to be the team of the week. And everybody still hypes up his teammate, Mike Trout, as the greatest player in the majors. And Sorry. baseball fans are not stupid. They look at Mike Trout. Now they look at Matt, uh, at, at Otani, and they go, "How the hell do the Angels have arguably the two best players in baseball, and they still can't get over the hump? They're still a 500 team at best. Now they got Joe Madden. He can't do anything with them. No, they do not have a solid core of players. They do and not have the good. Everybody forgets they've got players. Anthony Rendon too. That's another well, 30 yeah. million dollar player. But they can't. They do not have that they have no pitching. team chemistry. They have no either. pitching outside Otani. You know, they yeah. have no pitching. That's why that's all they drafted this year were pitchers. <laughs> Every round, the Angels picked a pitcher. 
now on kind of a down note here, as we're got to wrap up here in a couple minutes for the first segment. Uh, I hate to bring this up, but it's kind of creepy that the news came out that they had thwarted a potential mass shooting yes. at the All-Star game where they arrested Days four people at uh, a Colorado, a Denver, Colorado hotel. Which was right there by the walkway to where everything was going. With a, a cache of weapons. and In the car and drugs. And and then they, they came out the next day and said that they had actually requested a, a room with a balcony. Yeah. Yeah. God, what are we doing with this society? We're so wrapped up in stupid crap. Stupid, ignorant crap. And we can't. Thank God for the maid. She is a hero. Yes, she is yes, a she national is. hero for finding the maid reported. And you're not hearing anything about the four individuals. Well, wasn't one of That's, the four the whole the whole impetus for the whole thing was one of the four was upset about getting divorced. Is what I heard. But yeah. how did he rope in the other three? Were the other three anarchists who just kind of decided to take this guy and use his rage and his anger to push their agenda forward? Possibly. That's a thing we don't know. So we're still waiting to hear more about these individuals. So I think three were Hispanic. One was Caucasian. Um, going back to other baseball news to wrap up, we, we don't want to dwell on that because that's – that's not what we do here. We got plenty of dumbasses and evil people in the sports yep. world. Um, unfortunately for you, your pick for MVP of 2021 Torn is... ACL, bye-bye. Ronald Acuna Jr. And it is bad for all of baseball. I'm not trying to, to rip on the conquistador, man. This is just sad for baseball. This guy was having a great year. And we were kind of going back and forth start of the year. Tatis... Acuna, you got Vlad Guerrero Jr., who was the MVP, MVP of the, the game yep. with a home run and two RBIs. But if he keeps going, how can you not give MVP to Otani? Yeah, I know. That sucks because they're both in the American League. Yeah. It would be nice, you know, if you could split it up, but you can't. Um, I mean, Otani's got to be the MVP. For the AL. And again, yeah. please stay healthy. The yeah. best thing for baseball is Otani stays healthy. He's MVP unanimous. Should be unanimous. Should be. Except Stephen A. Smith won't vote for him. <laughs> if he has We'll get to that later. He shouldn't have a vote. Um, Miami starting pitcher Pablo Lopez set a modern-day record on the 11th of July by striking out the first nine batters he faced. That's damn impressive. Atlanta Braves. So... Not only did the Braves lose their, their top player, but they got embarrassed <laughs> by striking out nine straight times. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, after he struck out those first nine, no more strikeouts. Yeah. Go figure. <laughs> yeah. He did win the game, though. Blow he your did water get the win. Early, kids. Finally. This will piss Dave off, so I want to give him the final rant here for the last minute or two. We had another, a lot of stuff happened last Wednesday, right after we right got done after. taping. Um, last Wednesday on the 7th of July, we had another combined no-hitter that wasn't a no-hitter because it was only seven and innings because ah. of these stupid 
seven-inning doubleheader rules. The Tampa Bay Rays had a combined no-hitter over seven innings against the Cleveland Indians. So that's two this year, along with Bumgarner. Yeah, I'm sorry. You set the rules of what was a game. It doesn't matter if it's seven or nine. You said what the complete game was. That's what it is. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of this because we're going to have these two years here. You know, we're going to have the, the shortened 2020 season and now 2021 where these quote-unquote COVID rules are going to fuck everything up those for the games, record books. You're uh, looking at taking at least one hit or one at bat away per game from your hitters. Right. You're taking possible strikeouts and that's why away think, from your pitchers. I think that's why Manfred backed off here over the All-Star break on the whole uh, saying we're get, getting to go back to the, the full nine-inning doubleheaders is because the, seven-inning the, stuff, the players aren't getting the numbers. The players aren't getting the stats. They're not, like you said, not getting the strikeouts, the innings pitch, the home runs, the extra bats, and their numbers are going down because of it, and they can't use those numbers to get a better salary. That's right. All right. We blew through an entire half hour talking about baseball. Oh, my God. How does that happen? I don't know. We didn't even talk about where our guys are starting. Our teams are starting the second half. I know. Cubs 44 and 46. White Sox 54 and 35. Eloy Jimenez is in AAA rehab assignment coming up soon. Cubs suck. White Sox are good. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Stay tuned, kids. NASCAR coming. This is Coach K. And after my retirement from college basketball, I plan to become an analyst on Sports Frenzy 2.0 with the Maestro and the Conquistador every Thursday on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, and CastBox. And don't forget to check out our Facebook page. Welcome back to Sports Frenzy 2.0, taping on July the 14th, 2021. I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. I'm the conquistador, Dave Height, and so, it's time to hoop it up a little bit. Yeah, unfortunately, we do have to talk about the NBA. We're winding down here. The finals could be done by the, the time we do this again next week. Yep, game four is tonight as we tape on the 14th. Yes, and I was wrong about that. I, will, I don't know if we said that on air last week or off air, but... The schedule, the way it was falling, was that they were supposed to play game four Tuesday night, but they did do the whole camaraderie thing between the leagues and said, okay, that's all-star game night. Let's... So even though they were in Milwaukee and they didn't have a travel day, they decided to, to take an extra day off. So tonight will be game four, as the Conquistador said. Yep. Suns are up 2-1 on the Bucks, and we'll see if the Bucks can turn home court into tying it up. This has been – I have been watching some of this. I have to admit, not not tons and tons of it. A lot more than I did baseball with the All-Star game. Um, but I've been ducking in, watching 10, 15 minutes here and there to watch the game flow. Um, and I have said, and I think you agree with me, I think this is good for basketball. The ratings might not show it. 
No, but you've got two teams really battling it out. That They're have out not there been trying. there for a long time. Yeah. I think this is great. And I think the fact that Giannis is back playing and playing at a top level for the Bucks is great. Now they're both healthy, no excuses. Right. All those people are still bitching and pissing and moaning, saying Giannis is getting too many foul calls. Uh, what was it that he went to the line 17 times versus the whole Suns team going 16? Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. Good call, Dave. Well, um, gee, isn't that kind of how the NBA manipulates things to get to a game seven well, in the and now, finals? Is he or is he not? He's on the verge tonight. If he scores 40 points, does he not tie Michael Jordan for three straight 40-point performances Ooh, in the finals? Wow. I think he does. That's That could be interesting. Yeah. And he is a very – he's an enigma, wrapped in a riddle, dressed yes, up in is. a conundrum <laughs> <laughs> because he's not the, the greatest interview when you hear him. Obviously, his English isn't perfect, but um, he says some odd things. He says some weird things. He doesn't necessarily sound like he's the most driven player of all time, yet he's won the MVP. But that could also be the whole language. It could. And we'll get to that again with Stephen A. Smith here in the third so segment. It's, yeah, it's a, there's a comfort there. and Yeah, and I'm not trying to be Stephen A. Smith. Don't get me wrong. I'm not ripping on him for that. No. Um, but, I mean, in terms of basketball, he's got the perfect body for basketball. I mean, he's tall. He's lanky. He's not too thin. He's just athletic enough yeah. where he can dish the ball off. He can rebound. He can score. He can He can do it all. So it's going to be interesting to see if the stars from the Bucks can step up, win this fourth game, even things out again. I mean, Phoenix will still retain home court advantage. Yeah. So the Bucks still are going to have to steal one at some point. But win at home, steal the last one, that's the best you can hope for. I still yeah. think Chris Paul. The, the Suns are still the team to beat. I still think they're a more cohesive unit. I still think with Monty Williams, they've, they've got a nice cohesive unit there with Booker, Aiton, Chris Paul. Um, and Chris Paul, I'm sorry, he'd be an idiot to leave Phoenix At next this year point, yeah. to do a money grab. Now you never know. Maybe he gets his ring and bolts. Yep. Or maybe pride will take over and he wants to try and repeat. Maybe he wants to get more than one. Boy, wouldn't that be refreshing to see an athlete not take the maybe, money. Maybe have a team actually stick together. Gee, where have we seen that recently? Yeah. Kevin Durant could have done that with Golden State, and he bolted. Yep. Look what that got him. The mass unit known as the New Jersey Nets. Yeah. The walking. And I'm still, I'm sorry, I'm still hoping that team never wins a title. Still hoping. I hope James Harden never wins a title. I hope Kyrie Irving never wins another title. I hope Kevin Durant never wins another title. Although I admit Kevin Durant of the three is one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Top 20 easily. Yes. Yeah, the 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 the, the day of the mercenary needs to end. Exactly, exactly. And of course, we don't have to say anything about the Lakers because I hope they burn in hell, burn in hell forever, LeBron. Yep. All right. the The tale of Team USA continues. 
losing their second game to Australia. Not a solid, solid run, but they did back it up with a win over Argentina. Ooh. Yeah, and initially they win lost to the Nigeria. Oldest, yeah, they lost to Nigeria. They lost to Australia, two of the stronger teams. And Argentina's the oldest team. So that does not necessarily say much for Team USA's condition. And to put it in perspective, ever since they allowed professional basketball players on Team USA, up until this year, Team USA had lost a total of two exhibition games. Yeah. They lost two this This year. year. So... Our favorite coach of all time, Greg Popovich. And, of course, he's got to be sniping at the reporters. Takes he is such an Pop. immature little bitch. I hate him. He has he become is, such. My God. He used to be a solid coach who gave great interviews and actually. You can't. No, he's high and mighty now. You can't call him out. You can't say anything bad about him. He actually said one of the stupidest things ever after the loss to Australia when they were down 0-2 in terms of exhibition games before they blew out Argentina. Keep that in mind. I said blew out Argentina. He told a reporter who he thought was pestering him, who was not, he was just doing his job, asking him, do you find it disconcerting that you're not blowing teams out like USA basketball teams of the past? He comes out and says, we didn't, we've never blown out teams in exhibitions. We've never <laughs> blown out teams. And what do they do? They come out and they blow out Argentina. What a what a douchebag. I'm sorry, kids. I can't stand him and Steve Kerr. They are so hoity-toity. They We're have... smarter than you. Don't you dare ever question our motives, even when we fail. These are the type of people I hate in life. Yeah, they got the taste of success, and they became assholes as a result. Yes. Ever since Tim Duncan retired, what have you done, Pop? What have you done? There you go. Oh. All right, NASCAR. Time to move on to a more friendly sport and racing in general, because we do have to talk about SRX. Yes. Let's start off with NASCAR first, the Atlanta recap. Atlanta. Ugh. The Brothers. Dirty and clean, clean and dirty. Back and forth, neck and neck. A very interesting last few laps there. Yes, yes it was. Kurt did everything he could to force Kyle to use up his tires. Change the lines just enough. Question, though. Answer, maybe. Not only did Kurt try to force Kyle to use up his tires, but... When they were going through the lap cars, (laughs) did Ross Chastain, Kurt Busch's teammate, let Kurt get a free pass, but then hold up Kyle at a crucial point to make sure that clean won over dirty? Yeah, and that's the part of the NASCAR came out and said it was fine. That's what you're supposed to do. Team teammates have done that for a long time, and it's fully legal. All right, so Kurt Busch now locks himself into the chase. He was flirting on the edges yep. of the points, but now he is in. 
makes it very interesting. Right. Uh, and again, Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick still were 21 races in, have not won between them. No, and they're still, they're not looking good this year. Hamlin, better. But yeah, Kevin Harvick worries me. Yeah. He really worries me. Ford in general worries well, me. Stewart racing in general has not been. Yeah, Stewart Haas has not been good. No. No. Now we have to talk about the track falling apart during the race, and they had to red flag it to patch it. Yeah, the seam seam was coming up. Chunks coming out. Drivers for years have been begging them not to resurface it. Kyle They've, Bush was adamant about not changing the track. Everybody was saying, oh, we can't change it. You can't resurface it. It's It's got its characteristics. We like to drive on it. You can't. It was a safety hazard big time, kids. And there comes a point where every track needs to be resurfaced. Yeah, I, you can't you can't put bubble gum and duct tape forever. Yeah, I don't understand the 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 ranting and raving about Atlanta and redoing the the surface. That doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. But if you can redo Bristol, now, you can redo any track. Now they're uh, not only are they resurfacing it, they're adding banking. I think maybe that's what the, the that racers could be are really what upset, about. upset about. Yeah. They're going from twenty-four to twenty-eight degrees of banking, but what that's gonna do is narrow the track up. So it's gonna take two lanes of racing away. So that that's gonna make it really challenging for these guys. That's gonna make it more exciting for the fans to watch. So like I said, we're twenty one races in, five races to go until the the playoffs, yeah. the chase, as I like to call it, although NASCAR doesn't call it that yeah. anymore. But oh, go ahead. Um, so we're going to have a, a big break here with the Olympics coming up after Loudon. Yep. We'll give you our picks here for that in a second. So we're not going to have a race after this weekend until August, I believe, the 8th. Yeah, it's something insane so it's, like that. I don't that. understand why NASCAR is worried about the Olympics. I think the NASCAR, NASCAR fan will, is not necessarily the Olympic fan. Because it's on NBC and NBC oh, has there the you go. fucking yeah. Olympic yeah. deal. Yeah. There you Guess go. You're what? right. You're right. Nobody cares about the Olympics right. anymore, people. You're right. So. And I've said this for weeks. We've talked about this. NBC, this whole deal with this year, 2021, NBC is fucking up the last half of NASCAR. Because people don't know, is it go to Peacock? You're getting rid of NBCSN? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely stupid. But I did want to make one more point on Atlanta, the track. The last time they did a major rehaul on Atlanta is they made it the cookie cutter to Charlotte, putting the damn dog leg in. If they want good racing again, I would like to see them go back to what it used to be. Without the dog leg, just the big back and forth. If you want to know what I'm talking about, go back and revisit Stroker Ace. <laughs> go back and watch Six Pack. Watch Smokey and the Bandit because they were racing the trucks at Atlanta. So you can see what the track used to look like there, kids. I will give NASCAR credit for this. NASCAR has become proactive. They don't sit on their laurels 
they obviously changed the schedule this year big time with all the road courses they added. I would not put it past NASCAR to make any kind of change to the schedule, to the tracks that they felt was going to make things better for the fans. Bring back Wilkesboro. Hey, they they gave us Road America. I'm happy. I, I mean, want another. I, I want wanted. another short track in Wilkesboro. Wilkesboro produced some phenomenal <laughs> racing in its history. All right, so our picks before the big Olympic break, as the Conquistador said, forced on us by the evil empire of NBC Universal. Going Comcast. to my least favorite track of all time. The Foxwoods Resort Casino 301 from Loudoun in New Hampshire. Hated that track from the time it debuted. It should be nuked off the planet. So, we got some very interesting picks here. I do not have Jen's pick or Doug's pick. So, Mrs. C and the Governor, again. They've got some time yet here little as we time, record. And I have not checked my email, so those. Those picks might be they in. They might be there. But the Big Blue W, Bill and the Juggler Nick are both taking Brad Keselowski. And I was so close to going there. So close to going there. I almost went with Keselowski, but I have other plans. I am worried. Uh, we just talked about this. The I Fords. am worried about Ford. Ford is not running well. No, they are not. You cannot look at the year stats. You know, you look at who's run well at Loudoun. You look at who's run well at Atlanta or whatever track you want to pick. You can't you use those stats as verbatim picking, you know, these are the be-all, end-all standards I'm going to use to make my choice you because the Fords are not good this year. Harvick is not good this year. No. So it, it's all a crapshoot. So I, Bill sent me his pick, of course, early. He's always awesome about this. Awesome Bill from Illinois. Yes. Not Dawsonville. <laughs> but he he always sends me his pick within a day after I remind everybody what the race is that's coming up. And he said Keselowski, and I emailed him back, and I said, I'm leaning that way. Really want to take him. Not sure yet. This was on Monday. I was leaning towards him on Tuesday. <laughs> And then I said, finally, what am I doing with my life? What am I doing with my sports frenzy life? I am not looking at this anymore the right way. I have enough of a points cushion with four races to go after this. Yeah. Why am I playing for points? Because I was going to take Keselowski thinking, oh, he'll have a good points race. said, hell no. You're going. I want the goddamn win, and I don't care about the last four races. I've got enough of a points cushion now where I can play around a little bit. I don't have a Chase Elliott. I don't have a Martin Truex for the next two road courses. So what the hell does it matter? (laughs) There, Super Speedway Daytona race 26 doesn't matter. So the only one I care about is Michigan. I've got my driver for Michigan. So I'm going to burn my last dirty bush. There you go. I don't care. I thought about it. I'm going balls to the wall for this one. I've taken Bowman as the dark horse on this when he's been running really well. He has been. It's he not a bad pick at all. He runs fairly well at Loudon. That type of track, he's run it's 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 an enlarged version of Martinsville basically and he's been running really well there. So yeah, again, 
it's to the point now where and I almost went with Bush, but I've got other plans for him. As yeah, well. and you're probably going to use him where I was going to use him. You mean at the Glen? Shut up, pig! <laughs> because I I looked at it, I looked at it, and I said I was saving him for the Glen, and I was like, why? It's probably going to be Chase, or it's going to be Truex. Yes, Kyle Busch is the third in that list. And I don't have Chase left, and I don't have Truex left, kids, because we only get to choose these guys three times. I, I've got my final Kyle, and I have a final Truex. So, there you go. I I just, like, he's starting from the pole because of the stupid formula. Ugh. Yeah. I, I, I just, I can't pass up on this because, in the end, I think it's going to be if he doesn't win, I'm going to get as many points out of him as I would out of Keselowski. Keselowski is the 10th place driver, by the way, which is the one we have to worry about in right. terms of having enough points to beat him to make the playoffs in our contest. Yes. So, like I said, I just want to get 130, 140 point cushion for the last four races. I'll make it in. I got enough wins now where I'm comfortable. I'm good with this. The elder statesman taking Kyle Larson. He's burning his last Kyle Larson. Yep. Again, I will tell you, I told you this last week. There's a I would have saved him for Michigan. Yeah. I would have saved him for Michigan. And I'm not trying to be a jackass to you. I just would have saved him for Michigan. And you never if know. If I had one left. I don't have any left. Yeah. So no, that would have been a good pick for there, but um, and hopefully. Nick and Doug and Aaron don't listen because I, th <laughs> I think all three of them still have a Kyle Larson left. Um, and finally, out of the six picks we've got in, Aaron, the Big Easy, is taking Joey Logano. So he's going forward. I That Keselowski and Logano I know. were two I wanted I to take, but the way the Fords I know. are running, I, I know. Right I know. Now. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. 100%. So we'll see how this plays out. Quick NFL notes here to wrap up segment two. Oh, we've got SRX. We I'm got sorry. the SRX. I, for, I am completely you forgot off. the SRX. Off course on this because I forgot we got SRX to talk about. Slinger Speedway in Wisconsin. Race Girls, number five. Fastest quarter mile. Yep. The fifth race out of six for SRX. Now, you and I did both watch this. Yes. I, I love the broadcast. I love the racing. So well Hinchcliffe done. is back was for this one. Yeah, was back for this one. Very good again. In the booth. Solid. Yep. And great freaking track. Fun. A lot of action. Sold out. Yeah. Great to see a sold out track. I don't care if the ratings suck. Sold out track is all I care about. That tells me there is interest. Yes. And Luke Fenhouse, 17-year-old driver, was the local hero. He won, what was it, the uh, the big slinger championship, their big race, won it earlier in the to week. Qualify. To qualify. And because he won it, he got the opportunity to run this SRX event. And damn, did that kid put on a hell of a show. Great run. Best run from the local hero slot. And we're not going to get into the details about how SRX runs it, but you always, at every track, have what they call a local hero 
somebody who runs that that's local track, track all the all time the and is very popular and has won a ton. Yeah. We had a local hero win race one, and yep. we should have had one win here in race five. Yeah, Fenhouse got screwed by the SRX because took the white flag and he was sailing down the backstretch going into three when the caution came out. And nope, 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 we got to go green-white checker. No! I hate that. If you're that damn close, if you're on the last lap, you don't green-white checker it. Sorry. I, I know, but that's... We're thinking NASCAR rules versus SRX rules. I know, SRX wants to... Finish under green. Yeah, blah, no matter blah, what. Blah. I agree. I, it's, it, I he got robbed. He got robbed. He got robbed because nobody was going to catch him. He had such a lead at that point. And they double filed him up. And Marco Andretti jumped the race start on him and got the win. Yeah. And Marco Andretti did admit in the post-race interview that this was not going to be a popular win. Right. Um, he knows, but I, I don't know if he was saying that because he, he beat the local hero or because he knows he shouldn't have beat the local hero. He shouldn't have beaten the local hero. Right. He knows he should not have won that race. Yeah. Yeah. Luke Fenhouse should have won that. So, so we're heading to Nashville for the final SRX race. Yep. The finale will be this coming Saturday at the Nashville fairgrounds. Yes. That'll be fun. Haley Deegan will be back for her fight. She will, <laughs> and the thing that they fixed, oh. which I love, give SRX credit. They are fixing things on the fly. They're trying to, yeah, they're, they're listening adjusting. to us. Is what they're doing. They're listening to us. You know, they they're listening to us and they're fixing things as we say they should. So now Tony Kanan's points and Haley Deegan's points are combined. Combined. Good. Because Kanan and Deegan are, at the end of this are going to be three and three. Right. So Haley's going to run, and she was great again at Slinger. Yeah. Really and, good. And she got into it with Paul Tracy. Now, she, I, I will say one thing about that. <laughs> she was going for the position. Tracy came down on her, and she didn't back off. No, no. She and, did and, not back off at all. And Tracy is an idiot for thinking <laughs> she just dumped him. Can I, he came down into her. Let me ask you something. Let me, let me put something out there. Is Tracy hired just to be the <laughs> That's my brother from another mother, because I was just going to say, is he intentionally trying to be the bad guy? Because every week he's coming out and saying, I'm going to dump this guy. This guy dumped me. I'm going to go out after him. Or Haley dumped me. I'm going after her. Every week, this... I think they have just told Paul Tracy. Just be an asshole out there. We need the ratings. We need a bad guy. We need some kind of interest generated from you being a douchebag. It's fun. Yes. And I think it's good racing. I really do. I, I am enjoying it. You know, Michael Waltrip's interviews are always good. Yeah. I mean, the whole, the entire broadcast team is phenomenal. I've always liked Alan Bestwick. Right. Right. And now... For the final week, they're bringing out the big guns in that, not the broadcast team, but the ringer, quote unquote, because there are 10 regular drivers, right? the local hero, and the ringer. The ringer for Nashville will be Chase Elliott. <laughs> Chase Elliott yes. will be running against his father. 
Yep, the first time the two are going to be on the track together. Chase has got a full weekend because I've read he's yeah, running oh other God. races, and he's of course gonna he's going to be running everywhere. the Cup race at Loudon. So he's going to be a busy boy, but but again, they've got fun. they've got two weeks off. Yeah, so, so they can do it. Yeah, I'm telling you, kids. Please check, check out, out the, the last, last race at least. Check out the SRX race at Nashville Fairgrounds. You will not be disappointed. This coming Saturday, the 17th of July, 8 o'clock on CBS. They run a tight they run a tight race where they keep it within their window. And it, it's beautiful. Yes. Yes, it's it's a great, it's a great race. It's great. It's not. It's not like watching the XFL. Let's put it that way. It's not right. cheesy, fourth-tier entertainment. This is good stuff. This it's is not, better than the IROC series ever was. It's not as good as, as the Cup series, but to me, it's second. It's damn good racing. Yeah, it's behind them. It's, it's a close They're second. They're putting it on the shorter tracks, so that way Getting the competition Getting fans involved in smaller communities. Yeah. Pumping life into these smaller it, it, tracks it's, that it's, are awesome. It's basically going to your local track on a Friday or Saturday night. Right. With racers, stars that matter, that have won. Yeah. That are huge Hall of Famers in their profession, whether it be IndyCar, NASCAR, Trans Am. Yep. With Just Ernie Francis. The board. So check it out. We are big proponents. We're not getting paid by them yet. Yes. Yet. Yet. <laughs> But we smoke. If you're Give me out a call, there, buddy. smoke. You got my digits right, buddy. <laughs> he really doesn't. He doesn't. No. But we can only dream. Yeah. Check out SRX. It is fun beyond belief, kids. All right. So then the last segment coming up, we're gonna deal with kind our of little a hodgepodge. Yes, we gotta talk the about the NHL. World. Got some NFL stuff to deal with. We got Olympic stuff to deal with, and of course, there might be some golf involved. There is golf, <laughs> dumbasses, of course. And I'm going to take a, mo a moment of silence in the next segment, which I normally wouldn't put on the regular sports frenzy. I would put it on the weekend edition, but, this, but I feel it needs to be. It in needs to be in the sports. Yes, it does. I agree with you completely on that. Yes, um, this is a big one. So. Stay tuned for a moment of silence along with everything else. We got to wrap up the sports week with kids. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Are you tired of getting bunny slammed by the mainstream sports media? Are you sick of their lame trash talk? Check out Sports Frenzy 2.0 with a tag team of the Maestro and the Conquistador. Pile drive those. Jackasses into submission. Available on all major podcast hosts, including Spotify, Anchor, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Apple, Overcast, and Castbox. Kevin Dave, slap a figure four on all the major sports networks who lie, kiss ass, and refuse to take names. New episodes drop every Thursday with new weekend edition episodes every Saturday. And that's the bottom line, because Sports Frenzy said so.
Hey kids, welcome back to Sports Frenzy 2.0 as we tape here on the 14th of July. This will air on the 15th. I'm the Conquistador Dave Height. Along with the maestro, Kevin Crane. And you can find us on Spotify, Breaker, Anchor, Google, Apple, Overcast, Radio Public, Castbox, Pocket Cast, Facebook, anywhere you can find a damn podcast, look us up. All right. This segment is kind of a, another little hodgepodge, but we'll be starting off with the NHL, where the Lightning, during their Stanley Cup boat parade, did what the Buccaneers couldn't do. They dented the championship trophy. <laughs> they had to, the Hockey Hall of Fame minders had to take it away from the team under a blanket to hide the damage they'd done. It's got to get pounded out. Oh, <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if, if, if the Stanley cup could talk the stories of debauchery and mayhem, it could tell. Oh, by the way, the lightning did win the Stanley cup. Yes. <laughs> yes, they did. Four games to one against the Montreal Canadiens. Yep. The Canadians just could not match up. They were overwhelmed from the beginning. But they did name Dominique Duchesne as their head coach. He'd been their acting coach since February. And congratulations to him for getting him to that point and for the new job. Well earned. So, And we seem to see this a lot, where these guys will step in like Nick McMillan with the Atlanta Hawks in, in basketball, where they will step in, take over, and just give the, the guys a different voice, a different source of energy yeah so sometimes it works again going sometimes back, it does right what we were talking about earlier sometimes retreads will work in the right situation yeah and other times you got to go with the new blood right so may, may may he have success going forward uh blackhawks news <sighs> big big trade fan favorite duncan keith traded to the Oilers for defenseman Caleb Jones and a conditional third-round pick in 2022. This uh, this hurts as a Hawks fan, but his play has declined. He has lost a couple steps. He's been hanging on by his smarts. He's been anticipating where the puck's going to go to try and get a jump to make the play because he just does not have the speed that he used to. And he's he's not that top-line defenseman that we need. Um, I think he was a minus eight this year overall. So he just just not up to his usual standard. So it, it pulls a lot of money off the books for us. So Right, because the Blackhawks don't absorb anything. They Right. Everything goes over to the Oilers. Yes. So that frees that up. Also, this could be a chance. Um, I can't think of his first name, but Caleb's older brother is becoming a free agent, another defenseman. So this could be the hook for them to try and sign him mm -hmm. and see if they could get a, yeah, a I think good... he's coming off the Blue Jackets. Yes. Yes. Yep. From Columbus. Right. Right, yeah, so, the brothers could reunite and in Chicago. Yeah, so yeah. Th this could be a good thing for the Hawks because defense has been a 
abysmal the last couple of years. So that, that's been a real weak point for them. Um, in other Hawks news, I hate to bring up the negative, but that whole sex abuse case that's being reviewed, Coach Q has said he will make himself available for the investigation. Yeah. So good for him. Yeah, little by little, this is starting to come out. And so the Hawks still will back. not say anything. You should go back and listen to the Conquistador about a month ago as he broke this down as best he could, getting emotional. But how can you not get emotional about the a situation like this? Yeah. Um, what about Pierre Maguire? I was, yeah, getting a general manager gig. Yeah. This is, this is kind of like John Lynch with the 49ers where he coming out of the booth. booth. Yeah. And you know what? I will say with NBC sports getting rid of their coverage, I don't think Pierre was going to get another gig. He's kind of a doofus on the air. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Not a big Pierre Maguire fan. So you're you're kind of ripping on Ottawa right now for for hiring him, or you know what could be better in the front office. He, he than knows he knows hockey, but he's a doofus as an announcer. <laughs> so maybe this will be a better fit for him. Very nice, very so, nice. Uh, Nashville goalie Pekka Rene retires yes. after yes. 15 years. Yes. This is one of the top goalies in the league who never had a chance to play for a championship. Yes, and even I, with my limited hockey knowledge, know Pecorine. Yes. So, um, one of the big names in hockey, calling it quits. Yep. Spent his entire career with Nashville. Yeah, he did. So, good luck to him and the rest of his life with whatever he wants to do. Um, And then Minnesota. Wow, they have come out of nowhere in an attempt to rebuild by buying out the contracts of arguably their two biggest stars, Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter. They both had 13-year deals originally, right? Yes, they did. And so they bought out the last four years, and Minnesota is going to be paying each of them $6.7 million a year for the next eight (laughs) years. Can we say Bobby Bonilla Day? <laughs> yes. Yes, I saw that, and that's exactly what I was thinking, too. Yeah, and it, it this is going to cost them $13 million in dead cap money for the 22-23 season and the 24-25 season. But they get $10.3 million in savings immediately right right. and that's kind of this it sounds like the nfl you know where you're going to take a hit but if you do it at the right time you get savings back it's government accounting at its finest (laughs) it's a shell game kids i Uh, think bernie madoff would be proud pyramid schemes (laughs) all around us all right time to hit some miscellaneous notes in the sports world before we get to our big moment of silence um, Dave's got some golf stuff. I'm going to let him have that. Uh, I'm going to talk real quick about how the Olympics suck ass. Number one, no fans, which I guess I understand. Um, 
hopefully, God, when is this COVID thing going to end? Oh, you but know? now, now there's there's the whole thing because they're trying to throw America in a panic because, ooh, the Delta variant, well, we've heard it's, that for it's weeks, raging yeah. across Europe and it's not going well. And, oh, we may have to stop these super spreader events. We were again. at a concert for 25,000 people this weekend. Check out the weekend edition to hear our view. <laughs> so I'm not worried about the Delta variant, the Beavis variant, the Butthead variant. I don't care. All I'm telling you is the freaking media is trying to scare everybody again. We're fine. Just We're get your fine. damn shots and this will all be over. Four days out from a 25,000 people gathering and we're fine. Yeah, and I've got two days and I'm going up to another one. There you go. And I got another one in three. So there you go. We're living on the edge. Check kids. out the weekend edition, kids. We'll talk about all of this. All this right. Is, this could be the first concert in ages where... You and I on the same weekend go to different shows. I know. This is odd. Yeah. Weekend edition. All right. All right. Now, before you get into your golf stuff, one more thing. Shame on the USOC. They are trying to put forth a logo for the U.S. Olympic team for this year, for these Olympics coming up in a couple weeks, where they're changing the United States flag. Shame on them. Shame Bull on them. Bullshit. Screw you. What, does Macy Gray all of a sudden tell you what to do? You're changing the American flag? No. No. You disgust me. You disgust me. Now, for sure, I will not watch any of the Olympics. I am boycotting for this crap. Of course, I can't do a visual. If I could, I'd be holding up a middle finger. But I'm talking about the flag. You can't see the the flag version they want to put forth unless you Google it. So Google it, kids. And just see, again, political correctness run amok. Liberalism run amok. We're sick of it. We're tired of it. Dave, talk about golf. All right. I, I have to bring it up because we're we're leading up to the open. The final the major final of the year. Major, the British Open at Royal St. George. Watch out for the bomb craters, kids. They're like 100 foot deep, <laughs> five miles wide. I think wide. that's a little much. I think it's 40 feet. <laughs> Slight exaggeration. <laughs> anyway, our buddy Kepka doubling down on Mr. DeChambeau again as they head in. Because DeChambeau backed off their agree gentleman's agreement to end it a while back, and he gone went off again, and so now he Kepka's like fair game, fair game, it's on, baby. <laughs> this is what's making golf. This is what I've been telling you people for years. Well, not on the podcast, but on other formats of sports frenzy we don't need tiger woods no we need this is making this is golf good. interesting kepka versus dechambeau is made this I is like the srx with paul tracy against the field <laughs> the match we talked about the the boring match last week next year mickelson kepka <laughs> 
versus Rogers and DeChambeau. Let's do that. Let's do that. But of course, you can't have two professional golfers. No. You'd have to get Kepka. So let's and have Brady Kepka and, and Kepka. There you go. Yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah, Brady and Kepka. There we go. Oh my God. Sorry, Phil. Take a back seat to this one. <laughs> get the arrogant douchebags versus the champs. champs. The potential goats of all time. Yeah. Oh, this could be fun. What about the Scottish Open last weekend? Where a fan took a club oh out of Rory McIlroy's bag. This this guy was going to qualify for dumbass of the week. <laughs> I mean, what kind of balls do you have to have to walk up to a golfer's bag, pull the club out, take the cover off and then get ready to tee off on said cover. And everybody's just standing around watching him. Yep. What the hell is the caddy? I mean, seriously. <laughs> Isn't that his job? Isn't to protect it his the job clubs? to protect the clubs, to hand out the right one? Dude, your ass should be fired for that. Now, of course, we talk about the British Open. Um, COVID is rearing its ugly head where we've had big withdrawals so far with um, Zach Johnson, Hideki Matsuyama, and Bubba Watson. Not all with COVID, but pretty much for the most part. So they're out. So Why are you not getting your shots, you dumbasses? I'm telling you, there's still people out there that are holding off. And they're Olympics... There's people that wanted to go to the Olympics that qualified for the Olympics and can't because they won't get the shot. I did hear a guy today on an interview explain it very succinctly, very well. He said, I'm an athlete. I got to be careful of what I put in my body. If I don't trust what they want to put in my body, I'm not going to do it. I can't argue with that. I can't. I can't. I really can't. As a normal person, in day-to-day life, if you're not getting a shot, you're stupid. We've seen people get negative drug tests, you know, for you know, for eating the wrong breakfast cereal, for God's sakes. I mean, I know I'm going to extremes, but, but we, I can see they, an athlete saying, know. I don't want to put something into my body that that might affect me in an adverse way. Okay. So you don't go. Well, that's that. Yeah, that is the choice they make. You're right. All right, going on to Wimbledon. Novak Djokovic wins his twentieth Grand Slam title, which ties him for the most all time with Nadal and Federer. This has been an impressive run. I remember growing up in tennis with McEnroe, Connors. Borg, and I thought those guys were badasses. I really did. I thought they played tennis like nobody's business. This is unbelievable. We are right now witnessing we are three the- active tennis players who are tied for the most men's singles titles of all time. It'd be like Brady having seven Super Bowls, Peyton Manning having seven Super Bowls, and... I don't know who you want. Patrick Mahomes having seven Super Bowls, and they're still, still all playing. playing. That, I mean, this is unbelievable. And the thing is, Djokovic is probably in the best position to win 
more. more and take the title away from the other. Federer is really close to the end. Yeah, he he's he's about done. Nadal can't be that far behind. So, you know, I, I am rooting. I, I I don't know if I am rooting for anybody in particular here, but I just again it's, think it, this is an, an unbelievable era of tennis. I yeah, you could almost say that this is the golden Agassi, age. Agassi, another tennis. guy I left out. Agassi was another one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, when you've got three guys active, basically beating each other up year after year after year through the four majors, and now they all have twenty titles, titles. unbelievable, incredible. The competition that's there right now, right? Um, UFC, real quick. Oh my God! The Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier debacle. <laughs> Conor McGregor. Well, no, he did break his leg, so I can't call it a debacle because it's not like he tapped out because he was just tired. He had a broken leg in two places. Yeah, he got his ass handed to him. And I'm sorry, you talk about the poorest loser, the biggest douchebag in sports. I will lay it out there. This guy is a complete asshole. And his handlers or whatever, he just needs to know when to shut the hell up. The threats that he made, he could be charged for. Bringing the wife in. There's, there's the no excuse. His wife or girlfriend, I can't wife. remember. His wife, okay. There's no excuse for McGregor's actions other than that he's an asshole. And he's rich beyond belief, so he can do And it. I'm sorry, Dana White. You're a piece of crap, too, for continuing to allow this guy to come in and participate. He enables him. He does. He enables him. You're out for the money grab just as much as he is. Yep. All right. Quick NFL tidbits here before we move on to our moment of silence. The Washington football team will have a new name and a new logo coming in 2022. But I find this very odd, very hypocritical. Nobody's brought this up, so you're hearing it here first. Now, this part you've heard. They will not call the team the Warriors, which was supposedly the front runner. Right. They're not going to have anything in any relation, whatever. Here's my problem with this. Fucking big problem. You want to say we're not going to have any relation to American Indian imagery. Yet now the front runner is Red Tails. So it's okay to have African American imagery, but not American Indian imagery. That's hypocritical. That's bullshit. That's... You better go for something more generic because if you pull this, you are no better than all the PC crap we talk about on the weekend edition and talk about here where you just kowtow and kiss ass to the. The American Indians never get a fucking say. They never get... Who who in the American Indian community has said warriors would be offensive to them? Who said that? Who said that? I have absolutely zero tolerance for this crap anymore. Because we're getting to the point now where this is over and over and over again. We gotta kiss ass to the politically correct community. 
It better not be Red Tails. You better not be fucking Red Tails because I will call you out for it as much as I admire the Tuskegee Airmen, as much as I admire what they did. You can't turn around 180 and go, we're not going to have any imagery involving American Indians, but then go, okay, we're going to have the Tuskegee African-American imagery. You can't do that. You can't. Make up your mind. One or the other or neither. See, now I don't have a problem with it. I have a huge problem with it. I think it's bullshit. You're screwing the American Indians again. What about the Blackhawks? They got approval, didn't they? To keep that name? For now, yeah. What about the Warriors implies anything about uh, denigrating the American Indian. What in the name of... I'm, I'm not talking it, about Redskins. They have, it's gone. It's gone. Good. It's gone. This is bullshit. I thought it was just an homage to the movie gang. <laughs> Warriors, come, come out and, and play. play. Oh, God. I just, I'm, we're going to talk about this more because this... On another day, because this just pisses me off. This is so hypocritical. You know what? At this point, I we're going to favor one minority over another. I don't How about care. we stop favoring anybody and just put out a name that everybody can love and deal with? And Warriors, to me, would have been awesome. Why not? You've already got the Warriors. Like you said, what, in the they, NBA. Did you hear the crowd? Yes, the Warriors and the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. You could have the crowd going, Warriors, come out and play. Exactly. Would that have been awesome? It's a marketing boon. All right. Quick trivia before we go on our moments of silence. Dave, we're moving into the NFL for the first time with a 17-game schedule. Can you tell me how many teams have played a 17-game season? Yes, it sounds odd, but trust me. Did I say say teams or players? Players. Players. No, you said teams. Okay, I want players. Sorry. How many players players have played in a 17-game season? Yes. Are we talking regular and including through the Super Bowl? Regular season only. Regular season only. 17. Regular season game. I cannot. Eight. Eight players. I give credit to Yahoo Sports for this. Eight players have played a 17-game season because they were either traded before their team had a bye week and then they got... Oh, and they missed... Or released, yes. So they they did not get a bye bye week, yes. Ah! Ah! Intriguing. (laughs) All right. Time for our moments of silence. Before we get to our actual moments of silence, I do want to pass on something I missed last week. Um, I'm praying for Mark Richt, the former head coach of the Miami Hurricanes. He does have Parkinson's disease. Um, I ripped on him in the past because he did not achieve as much as I hoped he would with the Hurricanes, but that does not mean I do not hope 
that he gets through this and his family gets through this as best as they possibly can. Yeah. Um, now, for the best. Unfortunately, we do have one sports moment of silence. Normally, we were maybe put this in the weekend edition, but Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff, one of the greatest wrestlers that we grew up with. Part of the main event at WrestleMania 1. Master of the pile driver. This guy was Rowdy Roddy Piper's tag team partner. He was awesome. Even though he played the villain, he was one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. See, I like the villains. So, of course, Usually, that was something else we talked about was this is the... Uh, 25th or 35th, probably 25th anniversary of the NWO. Yeah. The ultimate villains in wrestling. People still to this day, I see, wearing NWO shirts. Yep. Not bad. But yeah, thoughts and prayers to the family of Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff. Yep. Thoughts and prayers to the family of Alex Gibbs, Broncos offensive line coach for their Super Bowl runs. So, all right, couple dumbasses here to wrap things up. First off, this just hit today. I have said this guy was a dumbass for years and years and years, and nobody listened to me. It's about time you started listening to the maestro. I told you, Richard Sherman, oh, he's got a Stanford <laughs> degree. Oh, he's a brilliant man. Oh, he's so eloquent. Oh, he's so smart. Richard he's Sherman just got arrested on a domestic violence charge. No bail. I knew this guy was a scumbag. I told you for years he was. He was a pretentious douche. This is what you get. True colors have come out? It seems so. And the last one. Before we say goodnight. Big one. Stephen A. a. Smith. Smith. Oh, probably one of the most ignorant comments I have ever heard. From one of the most ignorant commentators of all time. Which is saying something because he said some stupid stuff in the past. He is an arrogant jackass. Everybody knows it in the, the community of sports commentary. We Everybody know, knows it. We know he gets paid to be the shock jock persona on ESPN. But this is even going too far for him. Saying that Otani cannot be the face of Major League Baseball because he can't speak English. Every interview is with an interpreter. Well, guess what? He can speak English. He chooses to go through an interpreter because he isn't confident in his English speaking skills. Because interviews are important to him, and he wants it to come out correctly. And contrary to your stupid opinion, English is not an easy language to learn. And then, of course, Stephen A. Smith has to come out in his first apology and say, well, I understand what it's like because I've been stereotyped before. So he has to pull the race card immediately and say, I am allowed to be an idiot because of the color of my skin. No, nobody is allowed to be an idiot because of the color of their skin. Now, I'm going to go 180 here 
and do an ancillary dumbass, Professor. Yes, ancillary. Yeah, ancillary. Yes. Yes. Carry the two. Drop divide by three. And let's call and Jeff Passon a dumbass. Because now I heard today that ESPN put Stephen A. Smith basically on the hot seat on his own show on first take and had people, ESPN commentators, rip him apart for his comments. Jeff Passon should not be ripping apart anybody. Pasty ass, stupid, wannabe, cool guy, white boy should not be ripping apart Stephen A. Smith. I hate Stephen A. Smith, but I hate Jeff Passon even more. All through COVID, all we saw behind him when he was doing his commentary about baseball was his stupid ass, I'm so cool record collection, Rage Against the Machine, Radiohead, Weezer. You wouldn't know good music if it bit you on your skinny, stupid white ass, Passon. And you don't have the right to rip apart Stephen A. Smith. He's a jackass, but jackasses don't get to rip apart jackasses. Unless it's me and Dave. There you go. I don't know how I should take that. <laughs> you should take it and say goodnight <laughs> to the kids. Goodnight to the kids. For the Conquistador Dave Hyatt, I am the maestro Kevin Crane. Thank you very much for tuning in to another exciting edition of Sports Frenzy 2.0. The weekend edition coming up in a couple days will be even better. Concert review of Jimmy Buffett. Our first in almost a year. Check that out this weekend. We love you. We'll see you next week, kids. Rate us.